Hello and welcome to Speaking About Speaking. And today uh, I am here with my glorious guest, Laurie Bieber. <laughs> Hello, Laurie. Welcome. Hello, glorious. Wow, how nice. Glorious on a Tuesday well, afternoon. <laughs> glorious for because I'm looking out of my window at this glorious day and it just mm. came to mind with your gorgeous uh, green background as well. My grass and everything I'm looking at is is beautiful. So it is beautifully welcome. green, isn't it, at the moment? Thank you. It well, is. thank you very much for having me. I'm I'm delighted. Fabulous. Well, we're gonna we're gonna be speaking about speaking, but I'm gonna give uh, our viewer out there the uh, the intro to to you, Laurie Weber. So you are a master practitioner in mindful eating. You are author of Boosting Breakfasts. Are a podcaster, an online course creator, and a speaker. Yes, so that's 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 quite a lot to be to, to be doing, <laughs> Laurie. To be, yes, um, yes. So you you are a founder of the the Mindful Eating Clinic, which is obviously the the band we can see behind you, um, mm -hmm. and that's that's your first love, I would assume. But in what was it twenty years ago, two thousand and three, mm -hmm. you started mm -hmm. uh, pitch. Perfect Pitch, which is perfect pitch, yes. yeah, perfect pitch is um, yeah. a company for presentation skills and yes. teaching people public speaking. Yes, so exactly. And, and I didn't, I didn't know you as that person. I only ever knew you for the for the few months that I knew you on online in in a Zoom in Zoom world. Mm -hmm. You were always the mindful eating clinic, um, and it wasn't until we started having a one to you know one to ones and talking to each other that you. I, I discovered that you have had this business for 20 years. So and tell that we me, had this in common. Yes, exactly. We had this in common, actually. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me a little bit about how that started. Where did where did the um, the perfect pitch come up, come from? Well, as with quite a lot of decisions in my life professionally, it was a complete accident. In fact, only starting the mindful eating really, although maybe you could say it was accidental as well, um, really started deliberately. So at the time I was working for a business strategy company, having spent most of my adult life performing. So I did a lot of Amdram from about the age of 12. And we were having this business strategy you know, meeting and the boss said, oh, got someone in today who's going to do a voice workshop because she wants to work with our clients lovely retired actress came in she was really 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 uh, friendly and very approachable really great and she went through a lot of um, principles of breathing and then of body language and of presentation and of presence and and I sort of sat there thinking this is very interesting can you actually make a living out of doing this sort of stuff, because that's what I had basically absorbed through all that time, having been on stage, having done musical theater, singing, acting, you name it really, prancing around trying to dance, let's not go there, but you know, giving it my best shot. Um, you know, and, I, and, and so that was pretty much one of those moments that says, wow, you know, I would really love to be trying to impart what I've learned as well as doing some research and sort of um, understanding what business people need in order to present and speak um, better, to be able to communicate better, to get their message 
across. And so from that moment on, I actually went to my boss at the time and I said, oh, I'd really like to be doing this. And he said, the trouble with you, Laurie, is you just think you could just do everything. I said, well, I'd like to give it a stab, you know, come on. So he allowed me to use our existing clients as guinea pigs and they responded to it very, very well. And then he started charging for the work that I was doing. And then, then I sort of thought, well, hang on a minute, maybe I could actually be doing this directly so that I'm actually not allowing him to take such a large margin on my expertise. Let's try and formalize this even more. And so I left him and I started Perfect Pitch in 2003. And really by sticking my neck out and going to lots of networking, which in those days was not on Zoom at all, you know, because we're talking just into the into the noughties. Um, and so there was a lot of face to face networking. I was going to breakfast meetings at six o'clock in the morning and just uh, I, I think quite a lot of it. And this might be useful for people who are sort of starting to think about how do I talk about myself? That pressure of having to consolidate what I was doing or actually more importantly, the benefit that I could offer people through Perfect Pitch, having to do that, having to fine tune it, having to hone it was such a useful uh, piece of experience for me. So it meant that I had a number of different elevator pitches, I suppose, that I could that I could use um, in order to explain how I could help people. And then, you know, gradually it just really grew word of mouth and the more I did the more experienced I got I trained in neuro-linguistic programming which also helped because it meant that I had some of that background principles as to why communicating in certain ways will land a message better um, and and then you know and here I am 20 years later um, and actually winding down perfect pitch coaching so going into virtual retirement with that business so that I can concentrate on the Mindful Eating Clinic, which has only been alive really in its present form for about four years. So speaking to people and trying to communicate a message and trying to take somebody from A to B, either in a, a large audience forum or one-to-one has really been what I've doing you could actually say not just 20 years, but from all that time from being on stage as well. It's always been something quite fundamental to my interaction with people. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yes, I mean, it, it, and you come to your uh, your speaker training from the same background as me. It was that, that kind of moment of uh, mine really only started when we came into lockdown because for, before that I was I was teaching acting to you know to to people that wanted to be actors so coming into lockdown when all of those venues and that face-to-face work stopped that's when I started working with business owners and people that needed to speak to their audiences for for their work Mm -hmm. Um, and actually as you say all of those things that I had been taught as an actor and all of the things that I had been teaching as a as a teacher were so beneficial in those in those ways the breathing the motivation you know everything that we we learn as performers is exactly the same you know and actually business owners and people that are speaking for their work don't often have that opportunity 
to to get that kind of training so mm. yeah although really. there are lots of adult drama classes out there yes and actually I think it's hugely beneficial for anyone that's trying to present themselves to the public to actually get a little bit down and dirty and do some drama because oh. I think I think one of the big things that I learned and I think you'll probably agree is that it gives it gives one a real sense of self-awareness so you you become aware of of what your face is saying because when you're on stage and you're portraying a particular character you can't hold a mirror up to yourself to check you know you have to you have to know how to make that facial expression and you have to be aware of what your gestures are saying and how you're how you're standing and although people when they're promoting and speaking in their businesses are not taking on a different character they are I would say putting their self, themselves into a performance version of themselves in other words yeah. amplifying you know winding up that dial just just a little bit so they're just you know stepping into something that just feels a little little bit more elevated where they get that adrenaline going which although it can feel a bit scary is actually really really helpful isn't it to have yeah, that really. adrenaline you know yeah. going through and and so so I would just urge anyone to to to, to get into either either a drama or a, a speaking environment so that they can just get that presence awareness into yeah. their into their system yeah absolutely I, I i used to have that with the the uh, the adult acting classes that i used to run and for two hours on a friday morning these uh adults these proper grown-ups with businesses and and uh you know lives outside would come in and just play for two hours and actually leave telling me that that was like a therapy session because suddenly you could just get to offload everything you get used to leave yourself outside the door and when you when you're acting it really is about telling the truth as you know it's it's about being truthful and honest in the in the character that you are portraying and as much as you say that speaker when you are a speaker you're not playing a different character you, you need to be authentically you so you need to believe what you're saying you need to sort of really step into that step into that role um, so yeah, it's 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 incredibly beneficial. I run a speaker club at the moment, and uh, and the, the the guys that are coming to me for the speaker club are not actors. They have no ambition to be acting, but I get them at the beginning of every session to do a kind of an improv an improv exercise, mm -hmm. a bit of improvisation, which they all kind of go oh. But actually, it's just a fantastic way of loosening up the brain loosening up the body um building confidence collaboration being creative all of those things it's just mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. it's got to be done got to be done yes absolutely and i think that what what acting taught me was that there is no substitute for practice rehearsal particularly if you are not that familiar with I don't know going on a YouTube video or or chatting on a live like this just to write a few things down just just bullet points never a script not in my not in my world anyway I would say because it's just not helpful because you, you end up stumbling over it but yeah. just a few bullet points so that you've got your head in that rough context of 
sort of where it is that you're going to speak. And then I think you're absolutely right. It's about it's about trusting that you have the information, trusting and believing that you have something of real interest to offer. Yeah. Because if you don't believe it, well, the audience is not going to believe it, are they? Absolutely. Because they're going to pick up on that on that lack of confidence and that and that and and if you're tentative in your thinking, that will come through in the Absolutely. voice. Don't you think the voice just betrays everything? Oh yes, oh yes, yeah. You can't hide anything in in your voice. Um, no. I'm just going to, for a moment, Laurie, just address uh, anybody out there that might be listening. If you have mm. questions that you'd like to ask either Laurie or myself, then please post them in the comments. We would love to hear from you. And even if you are watching on the replay and you are, you know, you're not watching this live, then uh, again. Put a comment in, ask a question, and, and we'll get back to you. Ah, oh, look at this. I've got here, look, Ella is listening to us. So hi, Jackie, and Hello, great to Ella. meet you. Nice to meet you too, Ella. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> so Ella um, and I worked on a talk for her. So she did, she did a, um, she had a talk last year, it was last year now, um, for, for the You Are The Media, and we put together a signature talk using her stories and her own voice and her own words. And, uh, yeah, that was great fun to do. And she has since gone on and done some, some fantastic work and speaking on, on other stages. So, oh, that's so wonderful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So tell us then, Laurie, about a, a little bit about the podcasting side of what you do, because... Not only are you a speaker, so you you know you you talk about what it is that you do on on stages, but you have a podcast now. So and it's doing incredibly well. I am very very <laughs> jealous. Very jealous. <laughs> Thank you. So Thank tell you. us how oh. tell us how that started, and uh, and then maybe we'll move on to how other people or or advice you might give to people wanting to start a podcast. Yes, of course. Um, so I was working with Yellow Tuxedo who were giving me a lot of help with digital visibility through their digital circus. And the message that they were giving was very much get yourself out there as much as as possible. And because I was quite comfortable in front of the camera and also because I'd I'd really fine tuned and honed all the messages and all my kind of what I thought on a lot of different topics. I had quite a lot of material that I could really talk quite quite freely on. And whenever I'm talking, I imagine that I have one client in front of me and I'm trying to explain it to them and I'm chatting to, to them. So as part of that, I started a YouTube channel, just talking to camera about a various number of things, topics. And then the subject of a podcast came up and I'm often a bit late to the party with these things. But anyway, I do get there eventually. And so it was probably towards the end of lockdown, I think, that I suddenly thought, well, this sounds quite good because I really like chatting to people. And I and I already had these YouTube videos. So I got some very basic because it would have to be very basic software for me to extract the audio. And so I put that onto my podcast to start with as audio tracks. I found a hosting platform, I uploaded it. I'd already been creating artwork using Canva, so I just changed the format and, and 
essentially the platform that I use, which is Buzzsprout, if anybody's interested, was so easy to upload stuff. And it's and essentially what they do is they then put the podcast out to all the various platforms. So I didn't have to actually promote it at all. That sort of happened organically through Buzzsprout. Um, and so it started off just with me talking about different topics like diets don't work, because this only happened for the clinic. This didn't happen with Perfect Pitch at all, because it didn't really need to. Um, and then I thought, do you know, what I need to be doing is actually doubling my audience. I need to be bringing audience in through guests. And so I... I just started asking people that I might have met. So I asked a client if she would come and talk about her experience, which was great. And then I just was a bit, a bit of a stalker, actually, on um, Instagram. And I invited people from Instagram um, who I had a sense were also growing their own business, but who were not just in my eating space, but just but in a general mindful well-being space to come on online and have a conversation um and I I absolutely love it I love the whole thing I say hello you know lovely come along how lovely to have you today I'm talking to and just to try and make the person opposite me feel like the biggest superstar you know at that particular moment for those 45 minutes and to and to essentially just let them tell their story and just drop in every now and again with a question to perhaps steer it, um, you know, in, in a particular way. But also unashamedly to seize the microphone back at times and draw a parallel with what they're talking about and what I do. And so it's been going two and a half years now. Um, is that right? I think it's two and a half years. Yes, it must be two and a half years. And I'm just shy of 40,000 downloads, wow. individual downloads. And the audience is pretty global. So the majority in the UK, some in Europe, more in the English speaking countries. So Netherlands, Scandinavia. And then I've got um, quite a few in America, but loads in Australia and New Zealand. Um, and now the podcast, so I did some numbers this morning because I knew I was coming on and you'd mentioned that you might ask about the podcast. It's currently, it's generating 22% of my client base, wow. which is pretty incredible, really. And all I do is, I mean, I put tags in, so everything is optimised. In other words, I didn't know what that meant either. Um, you know, meaning that people can find it, meaning that you're using words that people will search for. Um, and so I use tags. I try and use keywords in the description in order to help people find it. But I think I think the conversations are just are just nice. You know, there's never a, yeah. a hard sell with anything. And they're quite... Yeah. They're quite varied. Um, yeah, I just I I do wonder whether um, uh, whether the, the 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 that you're talking about obviously is universal, isn't it? You know, with the people 
I mean, you, you only have to say diets don't work and then suddenly everybody's like, oh my goodness, you know, I need to, I need to listen to that. So it's just a, a fantastic, a, a fantastic uh, topic. This, uh, the, the whole thing around eating and eating healthily and, and the sort of the nutritional value, but to, to get your downloads up to, to like 40,000 is just incredible in such a short amount of time. I think I've just reached a thousand. <laughs> Mm -hmm. well, so, I, I can't really explain it I can't I mean I, I think that's not the range of the audience of course that's the number of downloads so yeah yeah maybe the audience that comes to the podcast they are very into it so they listen to every single episode yeah but I've just uploaded number 59 so it's not like I've got 20,000 episodes no. Um, so even if one person downloads, I mean, maybe they download it more than once. I don't if something goes a bit awry, but, you know, the math doesn't quite work out, does it? So, yeah. yeah. But what did start happening, because I've now started interrogating new clients to try and find out how they got to me. So if they say podcast, I will say, so did you search for me? And quite a lot of the time they're now saying no spotify recommended your pod, your podcast based on the other things that i was listening to right yeah which is yeah i suppose it makes i suppose right. it makes sense doesn't it i suppose that mm. that would make sense that if uh, if you're yeah the or the alg algorithms will point people in your direction which is fantastic mm. but i have yeah. to say i mean and normally uh, we have emily and alan avidly listening uh, but i know it's half term and they're away with the kids this week so I, they will be watching on the replay but uh, yeah the guys from yellow tuxedo will be very mm. chuffed that you've been using your S seo properly and optimizing your episodes Absolutely. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me what, what makes a good speed, um, a, a good guest good? What, what, is, what is it about being, you know, cause obviously we'll have people out there listening to, to this live or on the replay that will be wanting to get onto podcasts mm. and to be guests in order to sell and promote themselves and their personal brand. Yes. What would you, what would you say is, is, a, is good advice for them? Well, I always look for someone who has some kind of story, and I know that that is a cliche, but but most of the people that come on are doing what they do because of personal experience. So, for example, my latest podcast with Maddie Myers, she had a history of disordered eating, and she actually went in to study nutrition in an attempt partly to overcome that. And you'll have to listen to see whether that worked or not. I had, um, I spoke to a lovely young woman, um, Imogen Tinge, who is studying to be a dietitian, largely driven by her horrendous experience with eczema and with topical steroid cream and her withdrawal from that. Um, and, and then the third one, because I like threes, I have a, a lovely nutritional therapist guest, Emma Jameson, who works primarily in the area of gut and, and digestive issues because she couldn't get a solution for her own IBS. And so she could, and so I really like those stories that go behind what someone is now doing to help to help others. Yeah. So and I think sometimes we we don't really value how we got to where we are. Um, and it doesn't have to be a medical story. It could just be a, a light bulb 
moment. And, and I'm now trying to get on other people's podcasts. And what I'm putting together is a very simple PDF on a number of different topics um, in order to say, look, this is what I can speak on. This is my this is my story. Um, and and I also haven't quite done it yet. I also want to record a short audio and also a short YouTube video, which just gives them a little bit of a flavor to encourage people to decide, you know, that I'm going to be a good, good, good guest for them. And I think the other thing is to look at the podcasts that you're that you're aiming for and think, well, how can I dovetail what I think or my experience or where I am now or my view on something? How can I how can I make it sort of resonate with what really drives this particular host in order that that I'm that I explicitly show them what what the connection is? Um, what yeah. the fit might be, because it might not always be that 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 obvious to yeah. people. So, so sometimes presenting yourself needs a little bit of tweaking, because the person in front is not necessarily going to join the dots yeah. unless yeah. you explain yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, there's so many there's so many similarities between the, the way that that we work, even even in our podcast, is that sort of storytelling and making sure that people. Uh, have have an interesting story to tell but also a lot of what I do is around people taking ownership of their stories because we mm. all we all have a story we all have experiences that can validate other people that can make you relatable and trustable to who it is that you are trying to approach you know and I do a lot of work with coaches and people that are helping people because of the experiences that they've been through in, in much the mm. same way that you, that you do. Yeah. So do you put together a similar sort of PDF for speaking? I mean, when you, because you do speak on your subject, how yeah. do you, how do you pr promote yourself as a speaker? So wherever possible, I actually try and get someone on the phone and actually have a conversation with them. I mean, so at the moment I'm doing quite a lot of local local stuff um, um and i think that so so i've i've yet to really go out what i call kind of more nationally talking about the mindful eating clinic largely because i'm so busy talking to the one-to-one -one clients which is you know my number one passion um yeah. but but i know what i want to do and it's only only time really i want to try and have appearances at um, things like health and wellness festivals so to start running little workshops so that I can get my name out there now a lot of these opportunities are not paid so you have to decide whether it's you know worth it if it really is a um, a feasible or viable loss leader for you but but I think that if you're selling yourself which essentially if you're in any kind of service industry you are you've got to get yourself out there. People have to feel you as well as being able to hear and see you. And I think they can only really do that 100% holistically, you know, that whole um, Morabian thing that we were all, <laughs> that's bandied about forever. Um, you know, you, you can't actually get that and, unless you're face to face. So it is something that I want to do more of. So I think that I would tailor I would try and have a personal exchange, even if it's a 10 minute Zoom call, first of all. And then I would tailor what I then sent to them afterwards based on the conversation that we that we had. 
you know, because yeah. I think otherwise you're stabbing in the dark potentially a little bit. So I think the more information you can glean from someone to make then what you follow up with pertinent, the better. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, Ella has just posted her advice because obviously she is now guesting and I think she's been on quite a few guest uh, mm. podcasts now. So be clear about what you want to be known for. What's your mission or your value? Mm -hmm. uh, support the podcast you would like to be on by getting to know them through social media, which is, is always a, a good one. And tell people you want to be a guest. Absolutely. <laughs> because, yeah, because yeah. sometimes we just assume that people will, will come flooding to us just because we speak. Um, but actually, no, yes. people do need to know that you want to you want to actually be a guest. But you're so just before, available. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Before we start wrapping up, Laurie, because I told you half an hour was not going to be long enough. Um, tell me what you then think makes a good speaker good and a bad speaker suck. <laughs> so if we're talking about public speaking, you know, rather than having a conversation, I think in order to make the voice sound interesting, I think pace is probably the one thing I would say, because if you speak slowly enough, it enables you to put in some additional pitch. It enables you to have some pauses. It enables you to really play with the sound so that it's an interesting listen. Whereas if it's fast, it just sort of tends to be quite sort of mono pitch and it doesn't really have any interest. And as we know, the human ear fatigues incredibly quickly. So you've got to try and make it really interesting. What makes one suck? I think where you talk um, either too fast or in lots of cliches. So you're just spinning out endless cliches. You're actually a bit lazy with your language um, where you might be saying, you know, or you might be adding in weighted words like I'm an er all the time. You might be starting sentences with the same phrase and the vocabulary is not particularly varied. I think that's pretty, pretty dull because of course cliches are completely meaningless. So get the this thesaurus out, find some synonyms and find a different way of saying what you mean. Fabulous. I love that. I love a thesaurus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, well, yeah, our time is up. So it just leaves me to put this on the screen. So the mindfuleatingclinic.com is where you can find everything that Laurie does. And if you are able to access the comments, I've put her links there to the to the podcast and to to Laurie on LinkedIn. But I will make sure that these go on the YouTube channel so that if you're watching the replay on YouTube, you'll have all of those, all of those there. So if you want to find out more about Laurie or if you'd like to find out more about me, you can have a look at powertospeak.co.uk. So those are the two uh, websites there so thank you so much Laurie because I know you have crammed this in in between like an incredibly busy 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 day and uh, you're off traveling and stuff so thank you so much for being here it has been a joy to have my you absolute pleasure thank speaking. you very much for lovely on speaking about speaking fabulous thank you very much and uh, enjoy the rest of your week and everybody awesome. out there do come and join us next week I'm on with Gus Bandle, I think next week, but I will, uh, I will uh, put that in the comments too. So enjoy your week and see you next time. <laughs>